Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of All Out War, episode number 123, Rosie. 123. Can you believe it? I cannot believe it, but I must believe it because it's true. It's true. It is true. Um, We have something cool happening tonight. Oh, do we? We do. We have the return of Rachel. Rachel, what's (laughs) up? How you doing, girl? Hi. (laughs) Good to be back. I know. Although I feel like I don't know the the phrase "mom brain" is so real. I think it's just you know all my brain cells go to my kids every time I have them, and I <laughs> have a hard time forming sentences. So you're very brave asking me back on here. <laughs> well, it would it would be it would be wrong for me not to let you come back on. First of all, I have I don't know what you would call my brain because uh, I have <laughs> I'm worse than any mom would be, <laughs> and I've never actually physically given birth, so. <laughs> I think you'll be fine. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> but man, just don't mess it up, or else you're, we're going to kick you off mid-show, and it'll be really embarrassing, and you'll never okay, be able to. Yes. Okay, do what you got to do. And I won't be friends with you anymore. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. So you had a baby. Tell us a little bit about it. Um. Oh, it was great. It actually <laughs> was great. I'm not even kidding. I would do it again. Um. <laughs> I have a feeling you I, will. I definitely. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I love the home setting best, I think. So if I could have it just like that again, it'd be wonderful. But, yeah. um, but yeah, it's just been, <laughs> you remember Jim Gaffigan saying that, what's it like having I think four kids? It's like you're <laughs> drowning and somebody hands you another kid. Right. <laughs> pretty much how it is. But it's awesome because no matter how sleepy everybody is, there's just, it's like love actually grows, you know, mm-hmm. it's like the tangible picture of that. So. I really love that, but we were very tired and just soaking in a lot of cuddles and spit up and good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And all of a sudden it's been two months since I had a baby, which is crazy. Yeah, that is crazy, man. I know, you know what? It's funny. My wife and I had that conversation uh, about when, when we were pregnant with our third, where I felt like, man, we're outnumbered now. It's like before we could like, uh, you know, one could take one, one could take the other, you could divide and conquer, but now we were outnumbered and the, the last yep. two were, they were so close in age. The last, they were like 14 months. So, um, so it was like, man. And we, I remember the conversation about being like, how am I going to be able to love the, like I, the first one comes and you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. My heart's exploding. And then you have another one. You're like, oh my gosh, my heart's exploding. Is this even, I feel gu- a little guilty how much I love this one. And the other one's mm-hmm. there. And then you have a third and it's somehow like your heart enlarges for each one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's pretty cool. But then there's days when they're like the age they are now and you want to like um, strangle them, which is <laughs> <laughs> <it's> very real. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever they're done strangling each other, right? Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> oh man! Well, congratulations to you and, and Andrew both. I'm so happy for you guys. Thanks. Yeah, for feeling very blessed. And you, you didn't name it Turner, which I was disappointed by. But you know, there's... unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> she, she would have had a weird name. <laughs> so, man, awesome. Well, you're back. All right, so that's good news, and everybody's happy and. That's listening to this right now. Mm-hmm. Rosie, what do you know, man? Oh, hey. Um, did you know that the East India Company, you remember the East India Company? Yeah, It started back in the mm-hmm. uh, old day, is now actually owned and ran by an Indian businessman. Okay. He bought it in 2005. <laughs> this guy named man. Sanjeev Mehta. 
That's actually not a very difficult. They uh, fooled him. Yeah, so he uh, he bought the East India uh, Trading Company, which is uh, pretty interesting because they started it up uh, the British, and that was the big thing that Gandhi fought against. And so they. Oh really? Yeah, the East India Trade Company was the ones that. Uh, I mean, there, there's a I lot more. Of, there's a lot more to it than yeah. just uh, trading, you know, teas and stuff. Oh like, right. Uh, heroin. Or, not heroin, um, opium, <laughs> but well, yeah, back in the day, yeah. So, wow. there you go, okay, cool. I got another, did you know, too? Okay, what's that one? All right, because this one kind of struck, uh, I don't, I, I was trying to think of a way to make it timely because I was like, oh, well, you know, we're kind of dealing with maybe a war kind of going on if you believe there, there actually is a war going on, <laughs> right? Um, that involves that, but so. The normal story that is popularized by the media, movies, Hollywood, all that stuff, is that if you remember in uh, World War II, the Enigma machine, the German uh, machine that uh, transmitted all the codes mm-hmm. that they used. Mm-hmm. And if you mm-hmm. guys remember that Alan Turing, the brave homosexual that, you know, uh, was super gay and like was also like a crazy smart computer scientist that like single handedly won World War Two because, you know, he's gay and all that. You know, that's that's what they push. They seriously push that story so much. If you ever saw that in one the forties, yeah, with Kem- wow, they made a whole a... movie about it called like. Uh, Wouldn't they make the movie yep. though? The Enigma Code. Yeah, uh, like in the 90s ten years ago. Oh. No, they made the movie really recently. It has Benedict Cumberbatch in it. Pretty oh sure. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, of course they're going to push that now, but they didn't make a big deal of it back then in the forties, right? Yeah, there's was... books about it. Well, because he was like closeted, probably. No. He got arrested, sent to jail. They chemically castrated him, and then he committed suicide. Okay. Very sad. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But anyways, he didn't break the Enigma machine. He you know who did? Who? A bunch of Polish people <laughs> six years before he did. So I am reclaiming the story on behalf of all my Polacks. <laughs> Everyone, just, we they always say that we – I love finding out about, like, more things about the Polish that they just get – stolen all of our accomplishments yeah, and everyone makes dumb jokes about the polish well we broke the enigma machine the enigma machine <laughs> in uh like 36 1936 wow. 1936 cool. so like almost immediately right if you remember that's yeah 1930 like, yeah 34 very close was, to the yeah right when it started mm-hmm. wow man that's cool. There you go. So Did, didn't the, the Polacks, didn't they also have like that? You can't say that word. Didn't, didn't the, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm going to say it. Didn't yeah. the, didn't the I'll Pol- give you the P pass. Give me the P pass. Oh, wait, are you Polish? Ruthie, are you Polish? Oh, yeah. How did I not know this? He's, I think we've talked about it before. Haven't you heard him talk? I mean, I knew you, I knew you liked the Polish, but I did not know you were. That's awesome. Very yeah. cool. If I, how do you not know I'm Polish? So if there's any listeners in Poland, <laughs> yes. Rosie's single. Yes. And he would like a based Polish wife. I would. She needs to know her way around an AK, and she also needs to know her way around the kitchen. <laughs> I didn't say that. You did. That's, I'm just trying to help you. Fair enough. Yeah. I would not turn all those down. But didn't the Polish have the bear, the big... Uh, Wojciech. I can't pronounce any Polish words. In their army. They yeah. They yeah. had an actual like grizzly bear Yeah, that was in the army. That and would like carry stuff and help them. It was, like, Why a, isn't there a movie about that? Because they're Polish be. and they hate... They hate the Polish people. Maybe we Everyone need to, does. Maybe we need to start a GoFundMe to raise money to make a movie, and you can be like the star of the movie, and or you could play the bear. Mm. We'll get you a suit. 
Uh, that would be I, I awesome. I need a suit. That would be amazing. You don't need. <laughs> you don't. Yeah, you're Polish. You don't need a suit. <laughs> you have plenty of hair. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> All right. That's awesome, though. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, uh, good job on the polls for for uh, doing that. Yeah. And. Uh, Anyways, <laughs> there's a really bad, tasteless joke in there that I'm not going to say. Fair so enough. what I am going to say is sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. That's right. With Rosie and with Rachel. She's back. <laughs> it's so great. She's back. Oh man. Uh, so we got a great we got a great episode this this week. Um, so this is Rachel's fault. And I think the timing's perfect that she came back with our guest that we're gonna have on tonight because she we it was Super Bowl Sunday or right right around that time frame, and um, she sent me a story of a person on Instagram and the person is at Darlene's dwell and I'll put the link in our show notes so that people can connect with, uh, with this, with her on Instagram. And it was all about the numbers of, and this whole, this whole thing about the numbers and how the numbers have meaning. And some, you know, some people understand that as gematria and I had been watching, you know, we went to a friend's house to watch a Super Bowl, Rosie and the, uh, this halftime show came on and I always pay attention to the halftime show because I've always, you know, in the past couple of years, I've understood them to be ritualistic in some nature. And I was watching it and I was having a, a hard time figuring out. I saw some things that were pretty apparent, like people dressed like in prisons and it looked like um, the the set looked like um, houses that they would put people in for like, um, like, you know, the, it was for, yeah. yeah, you know, like for, what is it? The, uh, what are they calling it when, um, What's the organization your buddy works for? It, um, they FEMA, the FEMA camps. That's what that's what oh. the set looked like to me. Like oh, those, you're just gonna throw me under the bus by wait, saying that we all have friends that work in places. Okay, I mean, come enough. on. But uh, anyways, so uh, she had done some. She had mentioned some things about the this darling as well. Her, her name is Lindsay. She had she had mentioned some things on her story about it, and so I was just really intrigued, and um, I just was like, you know what? There was enough cool stuff on there. I would love to her have her come on the podcast. So I reached out to her. She graciously agreed. And so on the podcast tonight, we have our friend, our new friend, Lindsay. Lindsay, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you. I'm I'm very well. <laughs> Hopefully we didn't scare you off already. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so Rachel is it's really Rachel's fault. If this goes bad, you can blame her because she was the yes, one that blame me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So tell, I will unfollow Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> wow, there you go. She's and we've, we're only like a few minutes in, and she's already been threatened to be, you know, kicked off the podcast and unfollowed by our guest. So <laughs> that's pretty bad. All in a day's work. <laughs> that's right. So Lindsay, tell us a little bit about yourself that you feel comfortable with, and um, okay. let's let's talk about gematria and whatever else you want to talk about. Okay, so um, my name's Lindsay. And I became a believer of Jesus from a really young age. Uh, I remember accepting him as my savior as early as five years old. And so my whole life has been um, about loving God, pleasing God, 
And I saw the world from a very specific um, Christian, Judeo-Christian ideology that's taught in the Western world church. And I was never really familiar with exactly who Satan is. I kind of thought that, you know, Satan is the enemy as far as you lose your job, you have financial strain, um, you're having marital problems, the, the little things like that. I never really understood, um, you know, all of the verses that tell us the power of like Satan being prince of the air here and what that really meant. And so about two years ago, I started really trying to understand um, exactly what the significance is and who our enemy is as a child of the king um who is our adversary and what does he look like and how do i know um because it's my desire to please my father in heaven how do i know um what my enemy looks like to completely avoid him and so that has led me down different rabbit holes fortunately i've always had jesus with me so i haven't gotten lost. I know a lot of people head down um, learning about the occult and they become either enamored with it or they kind of like see the darkness of it. So then they get brought into the new age aspect where it's very light and feel good. Mm -hmm. But it's been a really extraordinary journey for me because it's brought me immensely closer to God to just truly see Um, not just salvation, but like truly, truly what our salvation is from and how like dark and despair Mm. we would be uh, without Jesus with us in this world. And, um, and just the gift of knowing that we belong to a different kingdom, because the more that you learn about what this kingdom looks like with Satan's hand on it, you really are, um, you know, the, all of Paul's words, right. Of like to die is gain. You really understand Mm. it as you detach yourself um, from Babylon, essentially, because that's when you start learning this world, you realize that we are in captivity in Babylon and it is our desire to um, get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's real. That's right on. How, how does, uh, so how did you kind of f- fall into understanding and exploring this whole concept of numbers mm-hmm. and work, okay. working with numbers and how they connect with your faith and, and all of that? Um, and maybe you could explain a basic for someone who's not basic, familiar yeah. with it. Yeah. That you might explain it a little bit for them. Yeah. And I'm definitely not an expert. I just, um, through my learning, I, started learning about Freemasons Mm -hmm. and the um, like top elite group of the world are all in this secret club. And so what I obviously don't have access to what they do, but you, there's plenty of um, information online as to how they worship Lucifer, the upper um, degrees of Freemasonry all are Luciferian Mm -hmm. and they use, Kabbalah, at, uh, which is like mystical Judaism as part of their religion. And so as I'm learning more about um, Freemasons, which, 
you know, they, they're worshiping the enemy and their hand is all over the world. So it essentially they're Satan's minions doing, you know, his work for him. But so when I got turned on to Gematria or like the knowledge of it, it was basically just from understanding that um, because they use Kabbalah to worship Lucifer, uh, that made me look into what the number, like why there's importance in numbers to them. Yeah. And it all comes down to numbers are very important uh, to the God of Israel. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so in uh, Judaism, one of the sects of um, of Judaism, I'm not sure exactly which ones outside of Kabbalah, but I know that there are uh, different ones that use gematria for biblical study purposes, uh, because in the Jewish faith, they tend to be really big on using numbers in how they worship. I'm not sure yeah. if it's part of what brought them away from being able to see just the truth because they added so much more. Um, it kind of adds this esoteric uh, hand to their faith, right? And brings them out of just the pure truth that's in the word itself. So they would take... Um, each verse, because gematria is essentially applying numerical value to each letter. Mm-hmm. And so they would take phrases or um, verses in the Bible and they would like calculate what each word or phrase would be. And they would try to find the connections where else that pattern of words are and make connections. From my understanding is that Genesis and Revelation are the most filled with gematria, which is why Freemasons um, are most um, faithful to the book of Revelation and the book of Genesis because Mm -hmm. they believe that all of that coding that they find within the pages is for them. So originally the intent for Gematria for the other um, groups of Jewish believers, they would use it... Um, just purposely for trying to understand God on a deeper level. But then um, with Kabbalah, they use it mystical and they're like, I mean, it's gematria is just math, right? It's just a calculator (laughs) that's saying like A equals one, B is two. So there's, um, so can I, I believe, oh yeah. I just want to break in. So, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but for the listener, no. it's actually pretty, uh, this was a technique that was used by the scribes as well, because yeah. um, I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase, it doesn't all add up. Um, mm-hmm. That actually comes from, they would a- assign a numeric value to each letter. And then each, as they were cop, the scribes were copying the Old Testament in the scrolls, there would be a numeric value for each page or each mm-hmm. book or whatever. And so they would... They would add up the numbers, and you know the, that they had for the letters that they had written. And if it didn't, if the numbers didn't match up, then it didn't add up. Then they knew that there was an error somewhere in what they had recorded. Mm-hmm. So it was a way to help them preserve uh, the the writings the best that they could without you know an error. 
And so Kabbalah, I think, adopts that technique and uses it in an esoteric way that maybe maybe yeah. the scribes never and they never intended for originally. Mm-hmm. But they also there's also like the numeric value in the words. There's meaning in that as well. So sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no, that's excellent. Yeah, and, and that's the thing I think, um, like the original Hebraic text, there's so much value in the specific word used because like I, I don't speak Hebrew or Greek, but I've heard like the Hebraic text, the the language is so um, descriptive that they could have mm-hmm. six versions mm-hmm of one word and then like when they went to make the Septuagint they Greek only had one word to replace that what could have been any of six meanings yeah. I don't know if I'm saying yeah. that right yeah, yeah. but anyway yeah so the original idea was just that language is beautiful and powerful and has meaning and so they were using gematria um, as a way of just being able to understand scripture but like you said, that Kabbalah adds that mystical um, and just kind of convolute what was meant for, you yeah. know, innocent study. And they turn it more into a a way to please Lucifer. Yeah. And the, the New Testament actually affirms Gematria because when you get in the book of Revelation, it tells us that the Antichrist will be have the number of the beast— and his number will be 666. Well, that's in reference mm-hmm. to Gematria. Um, so when you add up the number of his name, it will total 666, um, which mm-hmm. has been signified. So a lot of a lot of times, like when I was an early believer, I used to think that they would have he would have like a tattoo on his forehead right. or his hand that would be 666, yeah. and that would be what we would have for our mark or whatever. But it was actually much deeper than that, and that his the Gematria of his name will add up to 666. So Yeah, that's why I think a lot of people believe Nero was mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. the Antichrist, because his name did equal 666. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's... I mean, there's probably a lot of, I'll bet that would be a cool study to go and see, like, how many different world leaders or, you know, suspected Antichrist figures had that actual, like, number within <laughs> yeah. their name. You know what I mean? Just for fun. <laughs> yeah. Somebody, mm-hmm. somebody, research Hitler real quick and tell me if uh, Hitler was <laughs> his name added. So, I yeah. Okay, no, you go. <laughs> so I know, I know that um, they use HH as that slogan because that was eighty-eight, and eighty-eight is mm. very powerful in gematria. So, yeah, if it doesn't come to their numbers with the actual name, they will make a nickname or a phrase or something that adds that value because. It's their outward way of showing Lucifer, like we're being faithful. So, hmm. yeah, you know we're we're going to be as obnoxious as we can with coding their world, and that's what makes it. So, a lot of times Christians have told me, like, well, there's no need for us to learn anything about that, and I'm not sure if it's because they think that um, they're giving too much um, like power to the devil to understand the way that his followers work. But I think that that's what keeps us um, kind of in that safe zone of like not jumping into those dark waters because you're able to say it's very simple how they work. They work, they work mathematically. So if you just were able to um, 
look at the events like the Super Bowl and things like that, you have this very easy way of setting yourself back from the chaos. You know, they want mm-hmm. you jumping in and, and giving your mind and your energy into that. So that way you are um, distracted, mm-hmm. you know, from just being true to God. They yeah. want you caught up in their ways. So however the devil can get you looking at him, he's going to do that. And so that's why I think it's really kind of nice to know about this because it's like them waving at you saying like, we're doing this. And then you, you know, you can emotionally step back yeah. and be like, I yeah. don't need to be caught up. Sometimes just being aware of some of the numbers is like, oh my gosh, this headline is like, ridiculous you know it's so blatantly obvious that this is just a big attention grab and it's obviously something that stirs feelings up within people but like to be able to see that and just spot that and be like wait a minute like is everything fully revealed or are we only seeing the the mask of what's happening Hmm. yeah yeah now i was gonna say i don't want to jump back a little bit too much but um when you were talking just about like, uh, I, I'm not sure if, I think we've, we talked about this before, but I don't know. Uh, I think it's pretty, I'll say, first of all, I'm really excited that you, you know, just we're talking about this now. Cause I've been kind of on this kick, um, thinking like this kind of train of thought and things have been, I mean, I don't, I think it was Carl Jung that said like, you know, uh, uh, talking about meaningful coincidences uh, all lining up and I I don't give too much credence to that but it it has been interesting that a lot of stuff um, that I've been kind of narrowing in on has been all about the uh, the power of like words and uh, Mm -hmm. I just kind of want to go into this and kind of take a step back that we had talked about um, how gematria is tied into this higher kind of esoteric learning of um uh, I'll say rabbinic Judaism, especially with that Orthodox Judaism. And we've actually kind of started, uh, maybe this has been part of it too, that we've been, uh, started this kind of series on going through Jesus in the Talmud. Um, so I've been kind of more diving into this, but, uh, you know, I, I think I said on that episode, it was very interesting kind of learning more about, uh, you know, the, the Talmud, and it's a whole other subject that I'm not trying to get into, but they were talking about uh, Gematria and um, Kabbalah mm-hmm. as integri- uh you know, listening to a lot of, uh, ser- not sermons from rabbis, but they're talking about it, and they're saying, you know, things like Gematria is basically the power that comes from studying the Torah, the Talmud, in Kabbalah, and the power to be able to do all the crazy stuff that comes with, you know, the the study of Kabbalah and the practice of Kabbalah is based in the words that are, you know, given these numeric values. And uh, it's, it's, you know, so powerful. Uh, there's this one guy I was listening to, this rabbi, and he was talking about basically there, there's a number of uh, – not criteria, yeah, I guess basically criteria that they won't even basically teach Orthodox students. Like they have to be above the age of 40. They have to be, I want to say like married with a family in good standing, have been brought up in 
uh, you know, the the I keep wanting to say the church, not the church, the uh, the temples or the study of mm-hmm. the Old Testament, the Talmud, all this stuff. And so, you know, before we get too much into um, the kind of, uh, I'm not trying to downplay it by any means, but some people may start hearing the stuff where we're looking at and say like, oh, you crazy people, like, why are you looking into, you know, how (laughs) the numbers of these people line up or you're just looking for stuff that's not there? Um, Why should we care? Or, you know, I get asked these things all the time whenever I'm talking about it. So I'm talking about myself as well, that people can just start looking at me like, you know, I have five noses on my face or something like that when I'm going into it. And basically it always comes back to, like you had said, getting into like the the upper echelons of what the Freemasons believe about the people that run the world. And the stuff that we're going to be talking about is kind of a double, there's this, uh, you know, I, I, I've never studied the occult in reading their own literature. I don't, I, I can, there's enough people that have actually read it and then just tell, you know, write books about this is what they're talking about without actually having to dive into it. But they talk about, um, you know, these uh, principles of having to, you know, uh, if they're going to reveal basically revelation of the method, they're going to put it out there so that people, um, you know, basically looking back, we they can say, well, if you knew Jamatra, you could look at this headline and put the numbers together and know that we're about to do it. So we're basically telling it, you're agreeing to it, and therefore you're like a willing participant in whatever act that we're trying to do because mm-hmm. you have all the information, dummy. Like, you know, basically they're saying you could stop so us if you want. So you're talking about the revelation of the yeah. method is like pre-telling you, like like when you watch a magic trick and the, he's like, I'm going to make this, you know, this uh, coin come out of your ear. And then he like does the trick and distracts you and you look away and then all of a sudden he pulls it out of your ear and you think that it actually was pulled well, out of your ear. Yeah, I mean, not to go too much into it, but I mean, this is the idea of predictive programming. You know, like they'll put things ahead of time and then basically because the people all see it un- or assumingly understand it or we have all the information placed in- ahead of us before time because we didn't stop it and therefore it happens, we're willing participants in it. Yeah, so that's, that's this yeah. occultic thing. So I'm sorry. This was we just... We give permission. Exactly. And that is biblical because they get it from Satan having to be granted permission from God. And exactly. so they work in the same... Um, like from Job, you mean, in that story of Job? Is that where you... Yeah, get, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so I, I wanted to say one thing too. You mentioned a minute ago too, you were talking about the occult, the power of the occult. And uh, one of the things that you alluded to was the power of these these numbers and how sim- symbols are so important to the occult. Um, and I think it was uh, on, for like 9-11, they were, you know, Flight 98 and 9-11, the numbers 9-11, the numbers 311, which would be March 11th yeah. and all. They're, they, they're symbolic over certain mm-hmm. things. And... Um, like the number 33 is like a real simple one. Like, um, a lot of people joke about it, but you know, 33 is the highest degree of Freemasonry that supposedly you can go. Um, they, I heard, and I can't confirm this, but I heard that they derived that 33 number because that was the year that Jesus died on the cross, how how old he was. His age. His age. Yeah. And so that's symbolic for them of some sort of victory, the death of Jesus. You know, they take that as some kind of, 
you know, they wear that. And so when you start noticing these numbers, like the, the, mm-hmm. I, I have a guy I work with, I, I jokingly told him about this, you know, he's sort of waking up and I was like, yeah, just look for the number 33. You're going to see it everywhere. You'll see it in news reports about right. 33 people came out with COVID and 33 people died in this and 33,000 people did this or whatever. I said, just keep looking out for the numbers 33. And he like a week later, he was like, I can't believe it, man. It's everywhere. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. It's so everywhere that I just am numb to it now. I see it so often. But they have other numbers too. Like, you know, so like the number 98. You, I think you mentioned 98, didn't you? Did I? Oh, maybe not. No, I think <laughs> maybe you did. It was maybe. in my head. Yeah, you uh, did. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know 98 for Crowley, like Alistair Crowley was a big thing. Yeah. With um, Yeah. Oh, I said 88. Yeah. Oh, 88. That's what it was. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot. There's, there's a lot, but then there are ones that are like high power ones mm-hmm. that they like to really use. Mm. And they really don't branch off. Once you get the whole list of what they like to use, they really don't use that many other numbers, which, <laughs> and you mentioned coincidence, like there's, there's a point in life where things just can't be mm-hmm. that coincidental where everything lines up, yeah. you know, um, because even the nine 11 event, every plane, the mm-hmm. passenger seat that people were seated in, um, like everything in the stories all numerically fit this, um, script of numbers that are important to them. So it's, it's just crazy that even if like those weren't the real numbers, not in that event, but like any news thing, right? If it's only eight people that died, they'll say nine people died mm-hmm. because nine people mean more to them than eight people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. So <laughs> let's go back to the Super Bowl for a minute. I don't okay. know if you can remember some of the things that you posted there. You might want to pull up your Instagram <laughs> and look at it. I know. <laughs> but, um, I'll try to go off head and then I'll go look. Yeah. So, so well, first, you know, Super Bowl is a ritual that they do. Yeah. Um, and so that's just a high energy night that all of the, I don't know how they harvest energy, but like it's done specifically. Uh, so everything in the game, um, the teams are chosen based on their gematria that go with like Super Bowl, whatever year it is. And mm-hmm. like everything's down to like detail. It's just crazy how planned out things are. Nothing is spontaneous in their world. It's really that we live like the world is a stage. They're putting this show on for us. Exactly. But, um, yeah, so one of the big numbers I remember was like 56. Five and six together equals 11, and 11 is huge for them. So they <laughs> like 56 a lot. And for some reason, there was a lot uh, with that number for one of the teams. I guess I can go and look. You talk while I try to find it. All right. Well, the 11 is important because it's, it's the two towers uh, in Freemasonry. You got uh, Boaz and uh, Chaco. Yeah. Chakam, I think, mm-hmm. is the other one, and so those. The... And that's what the twin towers were made after. Did you know that? That's what their names were. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Wait, what? Yeah. You didn't hear about that? No. They had named the twin towers. Each one, one was Boaz, and one was Chak. <laughs> it's Chakam. I can't remember the name of it. Is it Joachim? Joachim. Like, yeah, that's I don't know right. how to pronounce it, but yeah. 
It's Joaquin in Spanish, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a phoenix. Oh. Right? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, 9-11, we should do an episode just on that at some point because it's just- Wait, we haven't? Like, what? I feel like we've talked about it enough where we- Yeah. We, yeah. should go in depth. We've alluded to it. You know who's done great work on 9-11 is a guy named William Ramsey. You, you should check okay, out his yeah. stuff. He's awesome, man, with that. But um, but yeah, the- uh, so the t- the two the two one the eleven it stands for the two towers and they're in, if you look at any Freemason imagery they always have these two columns mm-hmm. on each side of like a staircase or whatever um, whenever you look at Freemason artwork or imagery black checkerboard black and white yeah yeah the black and white checkerboard the, they call that Mason stone or or uh, Moses stone is what it's called mosaic um, stone but yeah and that represents the light and dark. The, the battle of light and dark, like, you know, the duality, people, the duality, that's mm-hmm. right, of the light and dark. And um, so, and I, you know, from what I understand, and, and I've delved into Freemasonry a little bit, not enough for sure to be um, considered, you know, someone who's qualified. You just got up to the eighth degree, right? <laughs> you didn't go all the way up. <laughs> that's right. They kicked me out. Um, <laughs> you stopped paying your dues. That's what exactly. That's right. But um, the uh, the duality is that they will they look at darkness as a good thing in the sense that it has to exist with if there's light there has to be dark and so they have to coexist because they need each other so they don't look at darkness yeah. as like evil like where you and I would look you know we would look at darkness and be like that's evil I don't want to have anything to do with darkness you know yeah they would say no darkness isn't evil it's necessary. And so it's not yeah. bad. Well, that's how they can also tie it in with, uh, or, you know, openly where they talk about, uh, I think Albert Pike was the one who wrote a lot about this. And uh, Lindsay, you mm-hmm. might know more about this, but I mean, the whole thing, if they're, you know, the that's why they worship Lucifer, the light bringer, the Satan, you know, it, it ties in with that and mm-hmm. the, the flipping it around yeah, of if the dark, they need the darkness to, you know, prove the the light almost um that this kind mm-hmm. of duality so it you know it can't be so it would make sense that they worship the one who is the light bringer the yeah. shining one um, yeah which is again completely which is what uh, lucifer it, means is yeah this, yeah. yeah light bringer light bearer right bearer sorry yeah yeah so Lindsay, what'd you find out <laughs> we gave you time. well i didn't i didn't save any of that so i'm over on the guy's page who had shared stuff so yeah like their names or even their jersey numbers mm-hmm. um are specific um, you know what's funny is i jokingly said to somebody i was at a chinese restaurant you know how they have the menu with the little like the year of the rat the year of whatever yeah 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 so it was the year of the tiger this year it was the year of the tiger and uh but but it was also the year of the goat or the ram it was the lucky year for the Ram is what it, oh. what it was. So you had the Bengals, and, which were the Tigers, and you had the Ram, which so on the Chinese calendar. So I told everybody, <laughs> we, had a, we had a meeting at work. I was like, put your money on the Rams. <laughs> and I said, but because but, it's, the, it's the year of the Tiger, but the Ram has the special luck, luck in this, so they're going to end up winning. And uh, I, if I would have- You I were like, right. I could have made money. In fact, that's what we that should do. That was the script. Lindsay, you need to figure out how we can bet. <laughs> we got kids to feed, man. We need to bet on games I know. using Jumatra. Let's figure it out. We're doing it to benefit the family. That's right. 
will, I will. Well, a fun little thing about the Rams is they're blue and yellow. And if you'll mm. notice, one of the countries mm. in the mm. um, thing mm. going on right now, now the whole world is showing blue and yellow. Which, incidentally, is also the colors for Freemasonry. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. But for the. It's, all, it's just so cute. Once you know how they work, it's like, oh, you guys are so adorable. Right. <laughs> That's so true. Uh, but, you know, the Ukraine flag is blue and yellow because the blue is the sky and the yellow is supposed to be wheat. That's what it's supposed to represent. And they used, Oh, really? Yeah. And for a while there, they had a red and a black flag. And the red was, was symbolic of the struggle of war that they'd been embroiled in. And the black was symbolic of the ground. So uh, it's had, they've had a couple different colors in their flags um, hmm. through the years. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but I still, yeah, we can say it's the sun and wheat, but there might be something more to it, you know? Right. <laughs> okay, so I found one. So Super Bowl 56, which it was the 56th Super Bowl, uh, equals 52 in Gematria. And then Los Angeles Rams equals 52 in Gematria. 52 or 56? Um, 50, well, this was 52. I believe it was the Bengals that um, equaled the 56. Yeah, it was um, the Bengals equaled 56. And then like their Odell Beckham Jr. equaled 56. Oh, wow. But everything coded. And that, I don't know. Um, I'm sure there are people who solve gematria ahead of these games for betting purposes but that's why as i'm reading people do the math i'm like how do they know because they both code perfectly you mm -hmm. know yeah yeah so i can't i what just amazes me is like be, now there's computers doing this for them how right. difficult was their life when they were you know 150 years ago trying to code out every newspaper article that mm. the public would have in their hands, they like had to still do what they do now, but it would have been a much larger task to yeah. solve the math for everything. I have a pretty simple, I think, explanation for that. Uh, they okay. were guided by the hand of Lucifer, <laughs> by evil <laughs> demons. I mean, I was going to say, like, you know, when you go to think of it is uh, – like the, even just going through, you made up a great point. Or he didn't make up a great point. Let me watch my words there. You made a great point um, about the differences. You know what? I was going to say this ties in perfectly with kind of uh, the, the event that is happening, that is totally happening right now in Europe. That uh, perfect example. We don't know what to believe because of, uh, I'm not going to get into a rant about the war invasion whatever is going on over there but perfect example that there's you know we don't even know how many troops are there the death you know the the fatality counts or anything like that because we can't trust anything because there you have you know western media that's behind the ukrainian uh non-separatist movement and then you have all the chinese media and all the media that is backing behind putin they're putting out conflicting numbers of Right. People dying just for, for instance, for that. So it should not be too much to understand just by looking at what's happening now in mainstream media that they can't even get the reporting right. So how easy is it to go back to 
a worldwide event such as 9-11 and you're looking at specific numbers of passengers, the numbers of airplanes, the numbers of all these things, you know, yeah, they could be, uh, I think part of it is them making up numbers so that, you know, they can put specific ones that there's no way to fact check, you know, like there's no way for us to go back and say, you know, this particular put person was indeed on this seat, you know, number right. this, yeah. and he was 54 years old or, you know, and he happened to be in this seat that did that and he's next to this person, you know. There's no way for us to know about these things. But it is like to orchestrate some sort of event like that. Um, And, you know, there's all these – you brought up the point about uh, the halftime show being a mass ritual. You know, uh, I was going to say we can get maybe a little bit more esoteric with it that, you know, it's the uh, – I hasten to uh, I'm trying to word it properly so that it doesn't come off as me uh, believing necessarily or promoting this thing, but the the power of it, attention that we're giving to these uh, entities, you know, it, it's, well, it's th- there's some sort yeah, belief it, in. Remember she was talking about the, uh, like all the people in one room, the energy that it, it's when people right. are in agreement. Right. And believe it, there's power behind that. Right. Yeah. And behind these, you know, these spells that are, that they're casting and all these big events. So you take that to a scale that is, again, very orchestrated, something like 9 11, that is very deliberate with all these numerology and all these, these powers behind it, is there has to be something behind the scenes that is giving power to these groups of people that is not just people coming up with numbers, you know, like, because if I believe that no matter how strong, you know, how many newspapers that you control and how many uh, global empires of whatever you need to go ahead and take out some, you know, orchestrate some massive, I think, blood ritual sacrifice um, that 9-11 was, um, you have to have, you have to be in tandem working with evil powers and evil darknesses so directed that's, by yeah right directed by so i think that was along my patented long-winded way of saying i think that's how throughout all these you know hundreds of years how they kept track of it is much in the same Absolutely. much in the same way we'd say maybe the um i don't think the when we say the bible is inspired and divinely inspired by god to be written you know, like when it's divinely inspired, the words of God. Right. God mm-hmm. didn't come down and, you know, hold the hand of, you the know, prophet. Peter yeah, or yeah. Paul or Ezekiel. And it's not automatic writing in the sense of, you know, other things where they're literally, they have no control and right. they don't, they can't use um, their God-given uh, tone or, you know, how someone writes their personality that does right. come out because... If it was just all automatic writing, the entire Bible would read the exact same way. It would, you know what I mean? There would be no personality of the authorship behind it in, in the sense of there's also some humanness to it. That's what I'm getting at, is that it's not this thing. So much in the same way that if we have this divinely inspired thing, evil forces can like inspire you know, all these people to be able to just automatically kind of make sure all the numbers work. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
See, I thought it was an abacus Absolutely. the whole time. An abacus. <laughs> so 150 years ago, they just had a really good abacus. A big one. <laughs> well, they're not good with numbers. Right? <laughs> they are good with numbers. That's the problem. <laughs> so Yeah, uh, they've for sure been getting information from them because even that's how, like, Joseph Smith says that he got Mormonism mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. it was given to him. And the guy who wrote the Enneagram, that was a yep. <laughs> automatic writing. That's, that's who I had in mind. It? Horrend- yeah, yep. it's automatic writing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, what was that guy's name? Yeah. Was it Richard Rohr? No, that was the Catholic guy, but it was Enrique Enrazo or something like that. Enrazo. What was his name? From Bolivia? Some Bolivian name. Or we'll Brazil. just say that. Oh, he was South, yeah. South American guy. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. and Albert Pike said he had a vision or like someone mm-hmm. came and visited him and that's how he supposedly wrote a letter about the three world wars that we right. would end up having. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Albert, Albert Pike said something about it would take three world wars for people to be uh, finally convinced that governments, nationalist governments don't work and we need one world government. Mm-hmm. He actually said that. That's crazy. Because yeah. everyone's calling this World War Three <laughs> that, that yeah. we're facing right now. Yeah. So how, I'll ask this, Lindsay. Uh, with the everything that is going on right now, have you pointed out any uh, – have you been noticing anything with the, the – I don't even know what to call it. The the thing that's happening in the Ukraine. I don't yeah. want to say it's a war because it's not a war. The conflict. You're, the conflict, yeah. If you're, the false flag. <laughs> that's what I think. But. Yeah. The psychological operation. There yes. You, there you, there go. you go. Influence campaign. Um, I haven't dug too into it yet. However, I do know just from being blessed to – see things, you know, to know to stand outside of the arena. So I'm not like um, sideswiped into picking a side because that's what they want. Yeah. That it's definitely, so my understanding is, um, so they're called the cabal, right? Because they Mm. practice Kabbalah and Mm. otherwise known as Illuminati or whatever you want to call them. But, uh, They, like you said, so it's that duality of dark and light. And uh, we see that in Revelation, like the first beast to second beast, Mm -hmm. um, that they're in partnership with one another, um, but they like hand over power. And so I think that what we're in the middle of is watching the dark side, um, which I've read is that Ukraine is, am I allowed to say the place's name? Oh, so, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so Ukraine would be representing the dark cabal, which um, everything that we know politically that's um, invested in Ukraine are like the dark cabal politicians from America, like the Clintons. Ukraine is um, mm-hmm. the biggest Clinton Foundation yep. donor. And mm-hmm. um, Obama did a lot over there. You know, you have Biden's thing with Ukraine. So you have the dark side there and then you have the light side, which is still the same entity because Satan's kingdom is not divided. It's working together. Um, then that Russia would be working towards the light side, which I know it sounds weird because light people, I mean, when you talk about Jesus as capital L light, it's um, a positive Thing. And so when you're talking about the occult and you're talking about the switch from dark to light with a little L, people really get confused as to like if the light 
like the light in a cult doesn't need to look beautiful, right? Because it's still right. darkness. Um, but to them, it's that duality of just being the other wing of the bird, you mm-hmm. know? So I think right now we're seeing the, they're trying to make the phoenix die and then we'll see the phoenix rise as the light, the transfer of power kind of the false light. Switches. The, I don't know when that'll be. Yeah. The false light, the great yeah. awakening, like they're going to call it a great awakening. That's what I've been hearing. Right, 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 right. So I've heard that's been the programming is like the new world order is coming. The new world order is coming. And that's the dark, mm-hmm. dark light system of the future. That's very grim. And like, you'll own nothing and, You'll be happy. We'll eat. Yeah. Yeah. We'll eat bugs. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then the light one is the great awakening where, you know, and that's the deception. So um, I believe biblically that you, people yeah. will. You think that they're going to sell. So just, I, I'm not asking, not trying to pin you down, but do you think that they're going to try it? So what's your, if I'm reading right, what you're thinking is the dark side will be defeated by the, the light side even though they're working on the same team and uh, the light side will be a new, an emergence of a false light of, of peace and of a new era. And, but, but that would place it according to what you're saying, that would place it coming from Russia's side. Is that, is that right? Um, yeah. I don't know that it's necessarily country specific hmm. um, in the sense of, you know, for the American side, that would be Trump and and his whole team. I mm-hmm. guess the the names associated with him, yeah, uh, or any politician in America that um, been verbally against mandate things like that. That people really feel like they they support the people. So these are these are the good guys. Mm-hmm. Um, the white hats. <laughs> Yeah, the white yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, just this, like, we're gonna, we're gonna save you from, like, look how your your life was going to be, and we are going to offer you peace and safety. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say that's another thing. Uh, it's a great point that I, I really uh, appreciate. Is like uh, I think I've heard it called the uh, problem reaction solution. Um, mm-hmm. is that they, you know, come along and create a problem and then offer a solution that they, yeah. and then we all willingly, oh, now we're in this problem. Oh, they're giving us a solution. And so we're going to like embrace it with open arms, mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. like, and that's a way to make someone, um, uh, like they wouldn't have to introduce a problem if everyone was already going to go along with whatever they offered as a solution. So, you know, like if, uh, I can't think of an example, but it, the COVID is a perfect, perfect thing. Like you can't get everyone to knowingly, uh, you know, you know, go, up, accept this, uh, these crazy vaccine mandates, or like you said, uh, not owning anything, having a subscription-based lifestyle in all facets of everything, not owning a car. You're going to rent your car. You're going to rent your cell phone. You're going to rent, uh, you're going to have your food delivered to you. You're, you're not going to own, uh, you know, it's going to be like on a daily basis. You're going to have, uh, 
you know, your house, you're not going to own it. You're going to rent it. Uh, all this kind of thing. N- most people would not give up, well, you know, not give up owning their own things. Or maybe they do. Maybe I'm a little too um, optimistic that I think <laughs> more people would hold out. But until you inter- introduce this uh, problem that makes everyone, you know, basically the intention is, they're going to keep the problem up until enough people actually give into the solution too. It's this thing that they could, you know, they could have ended the uh, looking at Australia right now, you know, the UK, basically when Boris Johnson looked around, saw everything that's happened with Trudeau, like he was like, I don't want this to happen to me. I'm just going to go ahead and COVID and COVID ended. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And Australia is still going down doing whatever they're going to do. And we basically, the U.S. No one's been talking about COVID for until the the whole Ukraine situation uh, started. No one's been talking about um, the you know that anymore. It's just been um, assumed, and they've gotten the result that they want. That's that false kind of light thing going on. It, it was what you're getting at, right? It, sorry, if that's completely off base. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Yeah, that's what I. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the funny thing is being a believer who's now like kind of awake to both sides of the the bird. (laughs) um, It's actually a rarer thing to know other people who recognize it because so often Mm -hmm. it's easier. It's almost like easier to fall into one of the sides. Just be like, oh, this side is right. And infallible or you know they make really really good points and sure they're not perfect but i'm gonna you know adhere to this side mm-hmm. it's safe versus stepping outside of the sides <laughs> and yeah. being like okay as a believer what does like what does the word say about what i'm going to be doing in the end times i'm going to be persecuted um and Am I going to go down, you know, fighting for my American rights? Um, probably not. I'm probably going to be beheaded for my belief in um, the Lord. But, right. you know, if it comes to that. And so you realize, like, wait a minute, fighting for this fallen world and these fallen systems, that a lot of unbelievers are, you know, on the side of the freedom fighters. It's like, wait a minute, why am I just sitting here talking about fighting for this fallen world. Like, why am I not telling these people about the kingdom of heaven? Like, why am I not telling them about the gospel and telling them about the gospel and that being your main, you know, focus is putting you outside of those two dichotomies completely. Like it's putting you in a completely different mindset and sometimes it makes the conversations a little bit uncomfortable because people just want you to pick a side and they want you to pick their side of, well, do you agree with mandates or not? Or do you agree with, you know, this war or not? Or pick a political party. And so, you know, the more that I see kind of what was the alternative, air quotes, um, side of things, you know, questioning everything COVID or questioning and, you know, waking up and, you know, all of that, so many unbelievers are now heralding that message and they're not heralding the gospel, but a lot of believers are flocking to that side because they are still under the, 
they're still under the illusion of America is, yeah, America is a Christian nation or America is a, um, you know, all the founding fathers are believers or whatever. And (laughs) I'm just like, hold up, wait a minute. (laughs) We need to actually delve into this. And I think more people need to have that veil. There is a a painting of George Washington kneeling in the snow praying. (laughs) You can't tell me our founding fathers were not, did not love Jesus. (laughs) It's in almost every pastor's office in the country. True. Evangelical it's pastors. Very there. true. Yeah. Very sad. They wish there was an I agree totally with Rachel. <laughs> I'm with you on that yeah. too. And it's yeah. the duality. It's again, it's a duality. Yeah. The, the left right paradigm, the the light and the dark, the you you know, you're either for Ukraine or you're for Russia. You're either pro you're either vax or anti vax. You're you know, there's no there's no nuance to it. It's always being pushed to a black square or a white square, you know, one mm-hmm. or the other on, you know, on the checkerboard there. And and that's what exactly playing into their hands. And when you get set free from that and you can stand outside of the board and see the pieces a little mm-hmm. bit, it's actually in, it's actually entertaining a little bit, but it's also so freeing because yeah. you're not, you don't have to play by those rules. That's, yeah. Well, I, I want well, to be honest, I think um, that that what Rachel mentioned, like, so there's still a huge group of believers jumping on to, we'll call it the right side, right? The conservative American freedom pro side that a lot of unbelievers are, you know, parading for. Mm -hmm. And that is the dangerous part of like, that's the wide road, right? And Mm -hmm. so the narrow path, um, doesn't look like what everyone else is doing. So if as a believer, we were ever to jump into what the world is trying to cheer on, uh, I think it's important to realize like our fight is for God. So if that isn't for God, then we're fighting for the wrong thing. And so that's where it becomes our responsibility to see like, is this person or, you know, is it really of God? And you test it and any kind of research into our country, you can find out like (laughs) you're only a top politician if you are not a believer in the God of Abraham, basically. Mm -hmm. So there's really no way from me to justify being passionately in support of someone that I know is not trying to honor my God. Now, if I believe like someone in my personal life was trying to honor God, it would make sense for me to be like, I support you in this, you know, I'll mm-hmm. hold your hand in this because, um, you know, you would know the fruit of them. But as we like watch our political leaders, it's very um, concerning. I think as a believer now, like Rachel saying, that's completely removed from either side and still seeing these people justifying that I can have God and I can also have this world and fight for this world to be what God wants it to be. But truly biblically, it wasn't, Jesus didn't come to make the world, this world, the kingdom, right? He was getting people to the kingdom. So I don't think our fight is supposed to ever be um, for our freedoms. I know our flesh wants our freedom, but, you know, we definitely are called for a specific, um, fight and that to get people 
out of this world and yeah. into yeah. the kingdom, you know? Paul, Paul even echoes that. He says, our battle is not against flesh and blood. So it's, yeah. it's not an earthly fight. It's not a fight that's, you know, these kingdoms are all going to fall. And I think I said this on another episode, but, you know, in a conversation with another pastor, a friend of mine, I, he was like, we were talking about the end times. He's like, it's going to happen. The one world government's right. going to happen. It's It's been written. Yeah. So why are we trying to stop it so badly? There's You can't stop it. God prophesied <laughs> it's going to happen. And everything he said that's going to happen is going to happen. <laughs> so... What's the what's the next thing that we should be doing? Well, it's he already told us the Great Commission. We should right. focus mm-hmm. on bringing the gospel to all creation. So we have our orders. It's kind of funny though, but I think you know God's going to in these last days. He's going to bring people out. You know, He's going to bring people out of their slumber and wake them up, and uh, you know, be able to share with great faith and faithfulness. Um, in the last days. I just think that's, you know, mm-hmm. what's going to happen. So, I mean, you could be onto something here, Lindsay, because, you know, how, you know, the church doesn't ever talk about gematria. Like I've never, I don't think I've ever heard a sermon. I've been, I've been, you know, a believer since 1988 and I don't think I've ever heard a sermon. I've very, barely any t- pastors teach on revelation anymore, but, uh, yeah. but, uh, maybe, episode like this would help someone understand that, oh yeah, Revelation actually talks about 666. What does that even mean? And then they'll yeah. stumble on this, you know, <laughs> because the church isn't being faithful, you know? Yeah. I don't well, know. I think it's really because people haven't tried to be Satan. And unfortunately for a lot of human beings, they won't acknowledge that God is real until they've like had proof that Satan exists. Mm. And once they see the enemy, uh, then they cannot deny God. And that's one of the whole Mm -hmm. reasons why these secret societies exist and worship Lucifer in hiding, because if they outwardly had their faith, people would be like, Oh, well, clearly if the most powerful people in the world worship the devil, then (laughs) God has to exist. Right. So, you know, everything is about hiding truth and hiding Jesus. And mm-hmm. it's, I think it's more important to know than a lot of believers believe. Is it salvational? Absolutely not. But mm-hmm. it's right. absolutely crucial for truly removing yourself from the world and also really taking um, in Matthew when Jesus says, be wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove. Like, I think, you know, he doesn't just say anything. Um, coincidentally, right? Like why a serpent, his specific wise animals that he used. And so it benefits us to be able to understand the way our enemy thinks, because that's what makes us wiser Mm -hmm. um, to avoid him. Right. And you can take all this information in if pastors were educating themselves on the occult and that heavily influence that is around everything that we do as mm-hmm. believers, um, if they put more significance on it, not to obsess over it or to live in fear over it, but just to have a healthy um, idea of where it is that we are in the world, like what mm-hmm. what is around us. And um, I don't know, I lost my thought, but just... <laughs> 
you know, I think it would be, it would just be beneficial because then you'd be like, okay, I, I get it. Like my spirit, I'm still supposed to be gentle and meek and kind and take care of the poor and the orphans and the widows. And I got it, Lord. And I'm going to see my enemy and I'm not going to fraternize with the things that you've called me out of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, a, that's, yeah. that's part of the problem is we're, we're in love with comfort and we're in love with the things of this world. And mm-hmm. they've, they've infest, infested the church, you know, um, yeah. our services are designed around, you know, things that are going to be worldly comforts, you know, we got to have the right coffee shop. Mm-hmm. We got to have the right comfortable chairs. Wait, wait, wait. We, got the right... we have to have, you were just hopped way over a big preposition, uh, presupposition. Okay. You said we have to have a good coffee shop. <laughs> presupposing that there is a coffee shop in the church in the well, first place. A lot of churches have or I, that's coffee what station. That's I don't what mind I'm saying. coffee station. Yeah. Although although you know what? Here, here's what did you know for you, Rosie? When I had COVID in December, um I couldn't drink coffee after I had COVID. Good coffee's terrible. And you shouldn't drink coffee. So I I started drinking tea. It's not Rosie. Yes it is. <laughs> listen. God, he, he brews. There's an entire book in the Bible oh, about well, coffee. Yeah, I'm sure. um, okay. Anyways, uh, I oh. had this morning for the first time I had coffee. I tried it again because I've been missing it because it's been since December. Mm-hmm. And um, I forced it down, but it tastes for me, for whatever, it ruined the taste for me. Good. So, oh, no. So I know, but that's a side note. But anyways, <laughs> my whole point of this was that there is a great comfort that is enjoyed in the churches today. And people look for a mm-hmm. church based on what their needs are. Oh, they have a great mm-hmm. children's program. Oh, they have this. The worship's great. Or the, the, the pastor makes me laugh. Whatever it might be. And they've, they're missing a great aspect of what, what, it really, what it really means and what the church purpose is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and those many churches are still proclaiming the gospel and they're still you know, teaching the Bible at some level, you know, um, and I'm not saying like we have the a better knowledge here or whatever, but what I am saying is that warfare is real and it's spiritual mm-hmm. and the church should be on the front lines and we should be the ones that be equipped to do the war. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, I don't think a great part of the church is equipped and ready to hit, to go to war. Yeah. They're just not spiritually. Um, well, you- Again, another presupposition is there. They, they, you can't be equipped if you're not even aware in the first place that there's a war going right, on. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, because that's a whole thing that uh, isn't even given. I was going to say it's kind of funny the whole, our, the whole pretext and underlying presupposition that all, I think all four of us are coming from is that the spirit when when Paul's talking about powers and principalities of you know, uh, this of the air and these different things that that he's actually, and most of our listeners already are in line with this, but there's so many millions, probably billions of people that don't understand that like those weren't like fanciful things that he might actually be talking about a spiritual warfare and that the spiritual war does exist. It is going on. So, I mean, that's what's even sad is you can't be aware of a war that's going on if you don't, you can't be equipped to fight a war if you don't even know that there there is a war going on. Right. No, that's you know a great I mean? point. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. me. I never bought a gun until someone tried to break into my house. Yeah. 
after that, I had a guy, I equipped <laughs> myself after I realized, well, there are some really bad people that yeah. that want to hurt other people, um, you know, on a, just a straight up worldly level. That mm. was, you know, so I don't know. But anyways, so Lindsay, let's let's continue on a little bit more here because I, I, we've had you for over an hour and I know you, you, you've got kids and family and stuff, but... Um, oh, I'm good. Oh, okay. <laughs> good. <laughs> So I want to go. I want to go back one more time to the Super Bowl, um, or at least some of the thing current event trendy trending current event things here. Um, you you mentioned something um, also about uh, Donald Trump, and you were mm-hmm. talking about that that whole right side, the patriot side of things. Um, what do you yeah. what do you see about the things that happen like in Canada with the trucker thing and like the new one that's kind of coming down into America now? I guess it's hitting D.C. this weekend or something yeah. like that. Um, do you see any numbers popping out? Anything that you recognize there? Oh, gosh. Now I'd have to go look again. It, <laughs> so I don't ever like run the numbers myself because I'm not a math minded person. I like looking up other people's research. Uh, but let me try to see. Um, I do think just from observing it, like you're watching the the fight for, you know, just that the light part of it because everybody's going to think, and I do believe that at some point the convoys and everything else will be successful to the point where the people will think they've won and, a lot of believers will twist that to be like, you know, God is blessing us. We've turned this nation mm. around. Trump's back in office and he's a Christian and, you know. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> tyranny king. <laughs> hey, I've heard people say it, so it's got to be true. I mean, he, he didn't have white. to ask for forgiveness for anything, but. <laughs> right. Yeah, he doesn't need to ask for forgiveness. He drinks his, he eats his he little doesn't. cracker. He drinks his little wine. Isn't that exactly. what he said? Two Corinthians. Yep. Two Corinthians. <laughs> Two Corinthians, yeah. He said, I wouldn't want to pick a favorite verse. They're all my favorites. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I do know, I do know that the convoy, okay, so I'm, yeah. So the American convoy all codes um, to Trump specifically. Let me try to look. All the your podcast viewers will be like, well, this is, boring listening to her read um no they won't won't. (laughs) (laughs) we've literally read books we've read books on here (laughs) oh yeah we read what about that uh that blog post about the alien oh gosh (laughs) (laughs) we've actually read we read from a secret society's book Mm -hmm. that we read different secret societies so that was kind of cool but uh that's rosie's thing he loves that man he loves his idea so but i man i I, when i think you know about the false light it it is interesting you know uh that like even the slogan like make america great again i'm gonna have to go back and do some gematria on that phrase and see what what some of those numbers add up to yeah i've seen i've seen several people post about that even like maga like the the numbers it's all very it's very blatant and even what that means, that's like a high, um, in the church of Satan, it's like a, it's a witchcraft thing. <laughs> MAGA. MAGA is, oh, wow. Yeah. And so everybody like wearing it is just advertising or, you know, like channeling that spirit Jeez. of whatever yeah. evilness. And I do know this because that's, as you're trying to 
you know, feed people a little bit and wake them up. They're like, no, no, no. Trump can't be representing the light because everybody hates him. Even the media hates him. <laughs> and that's part of the whole stage is that I believe Trump equals 88. I have to, you know, do mm. it to look up. But I know that orange man and like the different yeah. um, nicknames that they would give him that's leading the population to believe like, oh, they mock him. But it, but it equates to a superpower number for Demetria. So that's why they're using it. Right. And mm. so then the energy that the left is getting off of like, yeah, they're insulting him. This is amazing. Um, it all feeds into whatever it is that they're doing. So, gonna, oh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was going to say much in like the same way when you're just talking about like chanting uh, or people using the same word, th that's the whole thing with, uh, I, when you were saying that MAGA is a uh, spiritual term or occultic, I can't remember the exact term you just used, but I mean, that's the whole thing when people are walking around, you know, when you get millions of people or hundreds of thousands or however many people are at these rallies, all, again, it's this, you're feeding the attention and all these, you know, things of, if you get a group. A group of 50,000, 100,000 people at one of his uh, rallies and they're all going MAGA, 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 you know, like chanting, literally chanting a cultic, a cultic term, or, perfect know, like, term. Like that's how you're, you're getting, all, again, you're getting the people to do these things. Like when people uh, are doing these rituals, you know, the, the, these occultic rituals in terms of... Uh, you know, like a, a not a seance, a um, di divination, or yeah, I guess a seance, or you're trying to do some sort of, uh, you know, Babylon working, where you're trying to use these codes to invoke a power of, or bring a demon here. There's, you know, why do they have spell books mm -hmm. that are passed on and With phrases, phrases and that are specific? Yeah. You know, you have to say this, you have to learn. You know, people there. I've read about stuff where they go and they learn how to speak Latin so that they can do the syllables perfect. You know what I mean? Um, they're doing that because there's power in saying specific words a specific way that these demonic entities are more likely to respond to or something like that. And I will say, I also believe that uh, you that's probably giving a little bit too much power to them because I think, you know, if someone in the modern day uh, doesn't have, you don't have to learn Latin to invite a demon into your soul. Right. You know what I mean? You can just mm -hmm. start, uh, you know, doing drugs or you can do, you know, just, I'm sure that they speak English. You know what I mean? That, but there is also this, again, this power in using a certain phrase or a certain word or saying it out loud, this invocation that uh, it's just really interesting that I was thinking about just what, that, that's what your your use of the term or saying the use of the term MAGA is so powerful. And but that, you see it on both sides because remember Black Lives Matters, they were well, like, yeah, BLM, say your name. Right, 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 right yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's again, back to the power of words and the words are all math and it, it is all just completely tied together with all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And what you said is so powerful too. And I think a lot of believers don't realize that when they're uh, hanging around those open doors of 
uh, demonic energy, you know, you're inviting demons into your life and a believer can become oppressed by a demon. Oh yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's where wisdom comes from. It's like, that's, that's why there's instructions of like, um, even just, you know, in premarital sex, because they say that you're taking on Mm -hmm. someone else's demons in that intimate act. And so that's Mm -hmm. why there's this danger in allowing your soul to connect to others without that covenant to protect you from, you know, the, the demonic energy everywhere. Dude. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. That was way off topic. No, no, <laughs> but I didn't. That's definitely something that I was thinking about because I mean, it is so important, but it's like people just get caught up in just the physical aspect of it. They have no yeah. understanding or concept of making a covenant with mm. another person or another being. Yeah. It's not just a physical covenant, like a promise or a contract. It actually is changing things in the spiritual realm. And so that is why it's so detrimental emotionally and psychologically and spiritually as well. When you're breaking those covenants or entering into multiple, uh, you know, relationships with a lot of people, because it's just, you're not supposed to do that. Like we're not supposed to be melding our souls with, so many different people and so many things that are not of God. Yeah. And then, and as you study the occult, you learn about soul ties. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that becomes this kind of thing too. When like, even for a believer, when you somehow turn your political views into idolatry, you've connected your soul to it in a way mm-hmm. that, like you have to unharness yourself from it. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's very, I mean, we are spiritual beings. Like we're not meant to participate in the darkness, you know? And I think that we don't recognize darkness generally because it looks like light. And that's Mm -hmm. the whole purpose is, you know, to, it's all a war for our souls. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was going to say just a real quick thing. It's so funny. This, what you were saying is like uh, the the bio, if these things didn't exist, the Bible wouldn't warn against it. Right. You know, yeah. like the right. Bible, yeah. like why would the Bible say like, hey, don't commit witchcraft and uh, don't try to do necromancy and contact the dead. It's not because it's like it would be worthless. Why, why would you? Why, why would you waste your time, the Bible, the biblical writer, right. God-inspired, why would God warn you against something that doesn't exist? That's right. Yeah. It, it, it would, yeah, why would they say sense. don't sacrifice your children? Obviously, right. that was a thing, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, I have a, um, a great verse I just wanted to read real quick. It's it's John 1.1. 1, 1. It's crazy because we were, you know, Rosie, you're talking about the power of words and then Rachel, you and Lindsay were talking about just the spiritual connection uh, and, and the power of those covenants, those covenantal words and things, and attaching our souls to, you know, beliefs in the things we say. Mm-hmm. But John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkner has, darkness has not understood it. Yeah. I mean, literally, this entire podcast is dealing with those elements right there. The power of words, yeah. 
the the what is light and what is darkness and what is the light of men you know um people are searching for a false hope and a false light mm-hmm. you know but they're mm-hmm. only they're going to find the true light of christ and they'll find the light of life and uh yeah. and so that is what's the essence of spiritual warfare is to derail all of those things to cause people to doubt god's word to not to not trust jesus and and to trust in a false light you want you want to hear something i just uh in this whole uh rabbit trail i've been going on in the last couple weeks or months sure. with words yeah man. old testament usage of the word of what it when it uses the word of god also gives it personification like there there are terms yeah. where it says the word of god came and like stood in front of someone they appeared before like so there the angel of the lord appeared or no, no no the word yeah. of god Oh, there's phrases like that? Yeah. Oh, really? So if anyone else is interested to uh, go look at some Old Testament verses where they talk about the Word of God and how they there's actually a sign it a lot. Maybe we can do a whole podcast on this, something else. It just yeah. remembered this, that Old Testament usage of the Word of God also uses it in a personified way. Mm. So yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Sorry, didn't <laughs> just throw that <laughs> in there, but uh, that's just what came up in my head. Yeah. That's awesome. Man. Okay, I found a Gematria thing for you. Sweet. All right. (laughs) Okay. This isn't about, I mean, you said Trump, and so I tried to find something. But so the Trump Hotel's Instagram account um, (laughs) on March 3rd, which is 3-3, which Mm. is very important. And there's 303 days left in the year from (laughs) 3-3. Wow. um, But there's no zero in Gematria. Mm Mm-hmm. This was the 1,666th post. <laughs> wow. Um, so 666. And so I'm not sure what the post was, but just that hitting the 666 on 3333 33 is significant. But when you take, so Donald Trump's name equals 48 in Gematria, um, hmm. and 666 equals 48 in Gematria. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah. Trump's so. the Antichrist. We just figured it out. It would be nice if it was just that easy. Right. right. <laughs> People yeah. will believe that, though. So strike that from the record. I'm not proclaiming Trump to be the Antichrist. <laughs> yeah, we already went through. It's Emmanuel Macron. <laughs> Emmanuel Macron. Yeah, that's... A lot of people think. Do you guys have an po- episode on that? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember. Not how long the, ago not it. exclusively the Antichrist, was it? Or, yeah, it, I we think did it was... like an end time series. We yeah. were talking about it. Yeah. Now it is that is very interesting, Lindsay. I'm not sure if you've ever. Uh, I can't remember what the website that I found, but it, it lists like I don't know. There is a lot like about um, specifically Emmanuel. with Emmanuel Macron. It was yeah. like his the there is Gematria in his name, his full name. Uh, the fact that he, I think it was like, he was of Roman empire descent, like, uh, like, mm-hmm. uh, his actual biological lineage. It was really weird. So I was going to say, I say that as a joke, and but then his, his whole wife thing, the whole weird thing. Yeah. He's probably gay. He is. And then you have that Daniel six verse about the antichrist not yeah. being, having desire of women. The antichrist is gay. <laughs> but also apparently and this is just an aside, it might not have anything to do with um, his relationship status, but <laughs> the, desire, the desire of women in 
that time frame was to be the mother of the Messiah. That's true as well, yeah. And so he did not want to be the Messiah, so maybe he's not even trying to be, but then also maybe his mother <laughs> didn't believe that he was the Messiah. So I think that it's interesting, his uh, beliefs that he's adopted, um, to look mm. into those as well. Is he adopted? Um, Do we know that? No, beliefs that he took on. I believe that his parents were um, not believers at all. Oh, yeah. And then I, I believe that he, didn't he um, become Catholic at the age of 12? Man, you know way more than me. I have never, <laughs> I haven't dived into He's this. He's a big fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It was it's this analysis of it. It's just like a lot of odd things stand out about him in particular. One of them being he decided to become Catholic at the age mm. of 12. Okay. That's um, which, oddly enough, Jesus entered the temple at, at the age of 12. Yeah, mm. interesting. You know what's funny? I had uh, a lot of people have been saying this is out of nowhere. That Zelensky is lining up with uh, with the Antichrist. Really, like he, he's come out of nowhere on the global scene, but they he's asking for war, not peace. Though, yeah, no. <laughs> That's the thing, though, with like Trump and Zelensky. Both of them are almost like caricatures. They are, you know, like they're like almost like cartoon characters. No, and they're characters in a play. Man, we're watching the play. Yeah. <laughs> we don't do plays but anymore. Even, even Trudeau, I'm like <laughs> Trudeau, obviously would not be because he's just, he's a buffoon. So yeah. it's gotta be somebody really savvy, you know? Right. And I'm thinking either not, not Putin, but like some, that's why Macron is like checking a lot of boxes because mm-hmm. he's very, like he's playing things low key, but he's actually very, um, what's the word? Charismatic or instrumental. Yes. And also not being obnoxious mm-hmm. and not being, you know, made a mockery of like a lot of people are actually like aligning to his side and his cause and wanting them on his team. So, well, the French just, uh, they just initiated peace talks between Russia and Ukraine. Oh, wow. Yeah. They, they hosted them. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That happened Mm. yesterday or today. Or did they? Yeah. (laughs) There you go. I know. And I, I said it, I said it three years ago. Proven right again. And, and the, <laughs> the just kidding. And the minister, the prime, uh, some minister in Russia met with Israel with Netanyahu privately mm. this week. Mm-hmm. I don't know who it was though. I can't remember. So it's like uh, know the key players and mm. watch the stage. And I just you know, um, you know, I'm just hoping for the trumpet blow so we can get we'll get out during the intermission. That's my hope. Be nice. <laughs> I've got my popcorn. I've got my popcorn because I think I'm staying for the full show. <laughs> well, like I said, I I hope for the I hope for that, but I prepare for the worst, right? You hope for the best, but yeah. you prepare for the worst. You know, um, for sure. I mean, th- it doesn't matter. There's not enough ammo. <laughs> there's not enough food that you could save up. There's not enough. You know, there's really just the Lord. That's all you have. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Amen. I think that this is a good season for reading Fox's Book of Martyrs, and yes. really, uh, you're probably going to end up sharing the gospel in a prison cell. And you know, I just I want to make sure I'm ready for that, or I'm equipping my children for that, hmm. um, because I'm not. I just can't ascribe to the whole like we in America are just going to become a great nation again, and we're going to be 
championing and heralding Christian conservative values. Like, I really don't think that that's going to happen. Um, and I really don't see things getting progressively better in America. Um, and so to think that we somehow as believers are going to, through our becoming a conservative nation again, we're going to bring the kingdom down. That is not biblical right. whatsoever. Yeah. Right. And so it's a huge distraction. And well, yeah, you, you know, you want to be exactly. And it's yeah. like literally the Bible is not talking about America <laughs> with all of these prophecies that like to be parroted around. And so you really just need the wake up of having the correct perspective um, about the end times, which really is involving like being in the word first and foremost, like, yes, these, um, the symbols and the numbers and everything, they kind of help to like kill back the charade. But um, the main thing that is the most important right now is to really, really be in the word to understand it in context and to know that, we're not the um, we are not the stars of the show. Like right now, we really should be watching things that are going on in Israel, and mm-hmm. with you know the believers there, and just sharing the gospel as much as we can, um, and not really waiting for a perfect scenario because it's not it's not going to be getting any better um, until the Lord comes back. And so, yeah, like being woken up from just you know like in the days of Noah, marrying and giving in marriage and planting fields and building houses, like sure we have a little bit of peace right now, but are we really keeping um, the mindset of he could come back any day and does your neighbor know the Lord? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Good word. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, is there anything you want to add or you'd like to say as you're, as we, I feel like we could wrap this up a little bit now, but um, is there anything that you want to share? Is there anything I missed? I feel like maybe I didn't cover it enough. Your highlights have think? a lot of great info. Like I want to, I should just have read that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I want to plug your uh, your Instagram to yeah. um, the community. So she is Darling Dwell on Instagram, and just her highlights are jam packed great info um, about a lot of different topics that we kind of touched on today. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a visual person. So if there's any other visual people as well, and you really like to read in addition to listening to info to retain it, that would be a great place to start. Yeah. Yeah. Go to, we'll, we'll put the link to your Instagram in the show notes. So if you want to go check her out, we recommend that you guys follow her and I'll put an update on our Instagram as well. Um, connecting it again, but um this has been cool. Thanks, I feel, guys. Yeah, I feel like I've had a like a, a real nice introduction to Gematria, mm. and uh, maybe we can uh, connect again sometimes. You know, down the road, and uh, we can you know start. We can maybe talk about some current events and things happening uh, as things develop. Maybe down the road. Yeah, very cool. That'd very awesome. cool. That would be very nice. Yeah, Rosie, you got anything you want to? Anything else? No, man, I'm good. Okay, Rach. <laughs> No, I think this was this was really really good. Otherwise, we'll go on a whole another rabbit trail. Yeah, so. yeah it's probably okay. best. Well, I'm going to say one thing then. One thing then, because you mentioned homosexual. Um, one. Oh, I'm sorry. Concept is that 
uh, he may be inverted because in a lot of the elite families, they invert their children Mm -hmm. to honor Baphomet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that too could possibly be because, Mm. you know, Mm. that's just a different beast altogether. Yeah. I was going to say, I've been, uh, I am. I think uh, Turner makes fun of me because I think uh, I'm. I'm very. Uh, how do I phrase this? I don't want to say I'm very big into it because <laughs> I'm not like that. But uh, the uh, I'm. I'll say I'm pretty woke uh, to the fact of like elite uh, gender inversion couples, and I basically <laughs> think every female celebrity is a tranny and uh, all that stuff, <laughs> just because of the. Just how big of a mockery it is to the, you know, God's, the, uh, the yeah. creation yeah. of, uh, that's, there's no, I, 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 maybe there is, I can't see any bigger mockery of, uh, God's creation than literally changing yeah, everything. Yeah, to change it from being in his image. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. uh, then you, you know, the whole other thing with, you know, if you get all the movie stars or the actresses and you get, um, you know, how you, we're, uh, I'm trying to tiptoe around it, but the same thing that we were talking about with uh, the premarital sex, if you can get harness that energy of sexual attractiveness into uh, celebrities mm-hmm. and stuff like that. A um, thought, right? And that you guys Absolutely. Call. Yeah, there's there can be a lot of power. I'm trying to dance around the thing. I don't want to say exactly what I mean, but I think everyone well, else Well, yeah, gets because what that's like the number one idolatry form in our present day is right. in celebrities. Mm-hmm. And then if the majority of them are inverted, and, you know, men are lusting after exactly. supposed women and vice versa. Hmm. Wow. I know my husband and I do have that when we watch a movie. Now, every now and then I say, do you think she's a man? <laughs> you look at, you look at the, ha- the hands and the chin and then all of a sudden you see like a close up of their hands and, and you're I, just like, it's a guy. <laughs> yeah. And suddenly a lot of actresses in Hollywood have Adam's apples. Once you like look mm-hmm. in the neck, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, in the pregnant, the fake pregnancies too. I was going to say, that's the biggest thing. Everyone, uh, my friends always just give me crap about. They're like, what's the crazy, you know, we'll be sitting around playing poker and they're always like, okay, tell me the craziest thing you believe. And then I'll say like, uh, uh, why is, uh, you know, like 90%, if not more, I just, I, I don't want to go full bird. Like I a hundred percent believe all of it. So I'll go with what? 85, 90, a very high percentage of, um, actresses in Hollywood. Why do they, why do they all adopt kids? Why can't they have their own children? Well, now there's like, and then, I, and then they're like, Oh, well, no, a lot of them have it. Don't they? And you start looking at like every single of these, uh, I'm actresses you, and they're like, Oh, they adopted. And there's not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong. I'm just saying, why can't they? It's peculiar. Give birth. There's a very high percentage. Well, I will say this from a vanity standpoint, and preserving their yeah. bodies <laughs> because you just never know what you're going to get it does, after it, you have a baby. Right. <laughs> it does wreck a woman's body, that's for sure. Like, yeah, but it, it does put you out for sometimes a couple of years of just like recovery yeah, and yeah, getting yeah. back to the way that you were. And so, you know, obviously like I, I'm such a huge proponent of adoption, but I can also see that it is an easier op- option to have a child and to satisfy that motherly instinct and just, you know, compassion for other people. But also, like, they have a job that sometimes requires them to look a certain way. And so that's just the unfortunate reality that I feel like must be really sad about Hollywood. But yeah. a lot of actresses I know 
have been able to kind of get around that. Like they were pregnant while they were filming and weren't a pregnant character, if that makes sense. So I do know that there are some women who legitimately were pregnant, but I would say for a big majority, that's probably one of the reasons behind that. I, no, that's a that's like logical though. But like Rosie, yeah, the Twitter account that I sent you that one time of that person, I can't remember what what it was, but I'm with it. They literally like break down the the gate of the walk and like yeah. like the hips are this way and this and there's like every person is is not what you think. On Tom the, Brady's a chick, yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I like I can't believe that because there's locker rooms and there's. You know th- these guys. Uh, the, I just can't. I just can't. Like, I, there's a line for me. I'm still not there, man. On all that. I know. I'm just throwing it out. <laughs> there you go. Every all of our listeners in Tampa just just threw their. They just. Why they don't care? Tom Brady's there not anymore. Yeah, he's not there. He retired. The Bostonians yeah. that you've really upset. Oh man, <laughs> they love Tom Brady. That's mm-hmm. right. Not, not anymore. Huge Tom Brady fans. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, so if you've learned anything from the podcast on this episode, that Tom Brady's a woman, so and, and his wife, the supermodel, is a male. A dude. Yep. Yeah. A there dude. you go. Yeah. She is a witch. Well, though. she's also a witch. Yeah. yeah. Yes. She does witchcraft big time. There you go. Yeah, she's a white witch. Oh, that's right. So that's not as bad, I guess. <laughs> no, no, it's still just as bad. Yeah. No, I know. We know. <laughs> I, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> okay. I have failed you if you think it's good no no yeah <laughs> better we're tracking we're on the same we're on the same wavelength with that but man well Lindsay, thank you so much yes. for joining us on the podcast and and um no thank you for having me well hopefully you will i was gonna say we you have an open door here whenever you want but yeah of course it's up to you if you i was gonna say we didn't scare you off or anything <laughs> right. like that. okay I'll, I'll meet you here tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> that's right so and uh maybe uh yeah so we'll we'll just stay connected and um and I want to. I'll continue to direct our listeners to go check check out mm-hmm. your Instagram page and um, follow you, and and uh, they can get an education there and enjoy enjoy your content as well. So, but thank you so much for spending time with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah. so good to chat with you. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll catch you next time on All Out War. See you. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. If you had a blast, then we'd love to have you back for another episode. So please subscribe and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram at All Out War Podcast or on Twitter at AOWCast. These episodes are also available on YouTube unless they contain a little too much truth. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. Turn off. That was weird. <laughs>